0: Ever wondered who and what is shaping Luxembourg? This is your Lux Unplugged podcast with your hosts, Adrian and Thierry.
1: Hi, I'm Adrian. And I'm Thierry. On this week's episode, we have a follow-up conversation with Steve Koller, CEO and SES. It's been well over a year since
2: I met Steve at the Betstorff head office for the first recording. A lot has changed since the pandemic started and connecting to friends, family and businesses
1: is now more important than ever. Yes, indeed. Companies like SES have been instrumental during COVID times, especially for those that are located in remote regions where connectivity is scarce and connecting via satellites is the only way to communicate. What was your takeaway,
2: Cherry? It was a very interesting conversation. Steve mentioned how SES staff contributed on a human level and were very enthusiastic in helping customers around the world. A very human story indeed. Also,
1: I found his comments on changing consumer trends quite intriguing. The huge flow of information via all sorts of channels has made it such that end consumers have turned their attention back to news broadcasting from public institutions. Steve also gave our
2: listeners a few interesting insights into the Luxembourg space industry and
1: his company's projects to support this. But now, please enjoy our conversation with Steve Koller, CEO at SES.
2: Steve, welcome back to the Luxembourg podcast. It's been a while since we last spoke.
0: It's a real pleasure to join you you guys again. So yeah, looking forward to another chat.
2: So just before we go into you know the various things that happened... Um, in the last 12 months or so. Uh, I just wanted to say congratulations uh, on winning uh, the Premier League with Liverpool.
0: Yeah, I have to tell you, it feels like a long time ago now and particularly with Liverpool's more recent form, it, uh, uh, it's a bit more challenging. But no, it was fantastic. I mean, 30 years of not winning the league and uh, all of that. Pent up emotion, and then to get across the line, particularly with all the uncertainty around the pandemic, and would football come back again, and if so, in what form? So yeah, it was it was huge. No, appreciate that, and thanks for
2: remembering. Talking about SES and and the last year, can you tell us about your key highlights? Then uh, since we last spoke, a bit more than a year ago, actually.
0: Yeah. Look, I mean, we we've been. Uh, very happy with the year we've had from a sort of financial perspective we've delivered some great results but the thing i'm proudest of is the way we've we've sort of shown who we are through this pandemic period so ses i think performs at its best when we're when we're under pressure or when there's a challenge and certainly um the the pandemic and the impact it's had on our business and our customers business has definitely presented a challenge how do you how do you take uh an organization that flies satellites and operates customers networks and 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 more or less overnight turn that into an organization that works remotely that you know does still does all of those things but um with people working from their bedrooms surrounded by their kids and the fact that that we've been able to do that we've created a secure environment for our operators, so we still fly more than eighty satellites from from Betsdorf, um, and it was really important for us to make sure that we had a safe environment for our operators to to stay to be there, um, and at the same time support the whole of the rest of the business remotely. And the the you know the staff at SES, our employees are are am- genuinely genuinely amazing, and and the fact that we've we've come through this period uh, at least to this point. Relatively unscathed uh, is is uh, is the thing that I'm I'm proudest of. Notwithstanding, you know the results and the performance and and everything that we've achieved. The main thing is, um, you know, it's it's really shone a spotlight on on the team that we have in the company.
1: But also, you know, the pandemic has been a, uh, a very challenging time for everyone, and it's it put back the spotlight on, on on the ways we've been living. And uh, before this virus just came in, you know, there, there was more connectivity. Actually, as a topic, was was becoming very important. But even more so during the pandemic. So uh, you were just briefly highlighting that, you know, the, you've you've had an amazing team dealing with it. But people are working from home now. Today, there's a lot of uh, there's been a lot of uh, strain on the. Data centers on, on data having to flow through the system to to have conference calls and so forth so how has SES cope with this and how have you accommodated those changes and if you had any challenges how did you how did you manage them
0: look i think I think the the pandemic is a bit of a moment of truth um, for for the for the planet as far as the need to be connected and I think you know it was always the case there was a lot of talk of digital divide and those who are either unconnected or underconnected, but i think the global pandemic has really shown um the need and and how how capable we can all be if we're just connected you know if we have access to the internet if we have access to the tools that we need um then you can work from more or less anywhere uh but you need a connection and and i think what it what it has done is it's we've seen that uh sort of Change a little bit the priorities of governments um, of countries of nations to to really double down on on the need to put connectivity right at the top of the agenda um, and yeah we've seen we've seen quite a lot of incremental load on on the network we our connectivity is typically to remote places and so you know it's it's to it's to places where you and I might be remote so on planes or on ships uh, but it's also to countries and, and regions of the world that are underconnected or unconnected. And so we've, we've seen a big, big uptick in installs and, and, and network load in Indonesia, in Colombia, in significant parts of Africa, where we're delivering services. And that's sort of challenged us to make sure that we continue to deliver the quality of services that we need. But it's also enabled us to deliver all sorts of uh, very important things that help in the pandemic. And so we've, uh, we've delivered sort of tenor medicine, we set up um, connectivity and support to mobile laboratories early in the pandemic in Italy, you know, as people were trying to get tested, and uh, we set up connectivity to hospitals so that, you know, I mean, one of the worst aspects of pandemic is the very human impact it's had, where people are separated from, from their families and loved ones as their loved ones go through uh, COVID. Uh, and so setting up connections to hospitals allows families to be connected to one another, but also allows, you know, doctors and nurses to engage with their families because they've been shielding. So there's but you know, there's a, there's a big infrastructure story here, but I think it's the human story that resonates most strongly. And we feel certainly as a company that, you know, at our best when we're, when we're sort of contributing, if, if you like, on a very human level.
2: You you mentioned last time uh connecting you know third world countries with each other. Were there any logistical problems on speeding up connecting uh different countries that maybe weren't up to speed pre-pandemic?
0: Yeah, I mean we, we, we definitely um were challenged from a from a logistics standpoint, ev- everything from you know getting the equipment into our into our logistics centres to shipping them to the locations they needed to, to, to be, to then, you know, having having folks on planes going to do installs. And so um, we've, you know, the, the first priority for us was to make sure that, you know, our people could do that safely. Um, but actually, <laughs> because of the importance of being connected, because it's such a priority, what you find is there's an enormous willingness, both on behalf of, you know, um, SESs, people who work at SES and 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 sort of the people we work with, but also our customers, right? And those that we're trying to serve and build networks for, uh, everyone leans forward um, in, a, in an environment where everybody can appreciate the, the importance of being connected and the difference it makes to being connected. So yeah, without question, it's been a logistical challenge, but we've seen this tremendous sort of... Um, Enthusiasm to sort of get involved and to to support our teams as they go and install networks, uh, particularly in the more remote remote parts of the world.
2: And with a with an increase in especially in content streaming for you know countries like the UK, Luxembourg, Germany, and so on. You mentioned before as well. You have, you saw a surge in uh, in in demand and the bandwidth and so on. Uh, is that is that a trend that's going to keep evolving in the coming months or years, or do you think we are now achieve we are there where we we need to be?
0: Well, look, I th- no, I definitely think it's a trend that continue, uh, and I think again what this what this pandemic has shown us is that uh, you know if you are connected, you know simple internet connection can enable you to be effective in your work and in your life from from wherever you are. But I'd say the other Really interesting thing that we've seen, particularly you mentioned in in Europe, is is a big uptick in in the demand for linear broadcast, right, for people to get news. I mean, I think, we, I think we've gone through a trend where people have relied on the internet for their news. But actually, what we've seen during the pandemic is a big pickup in people watching news live, wanting to get information, really engaging with the public broadcasters. So we have just announced, you know, a whole slew of new deals with public broadcasters from our key orbital locations, the likes of ARD, ZDF in Germany, and I think we've, you know, it's. I find it gratifying that you know people have gone back, as it were, to sitting down, and watching news, and understanding what's going on in the world, and and how to keep themselves safe and protected, and so on and so forth. So yeah, I think we, we've seen as well as this shift towards um, connectivity to support people working from home or to support people's lives, we've also seen this shift towards. Both entertainment and news through our uh, our traditional sort of uh, linear broadcasting over satellite, which has also been an interesting thing to observe during COVID.
1: Are you are you suggesting or kind of extrapolating that people will spend more time at home and I, I consume more content from from those broadcasters because, um, as we were uh, saying earlier, offline. You know, we, uh, we we are for some some countries are actually still waiting to be. Kind of liberated or released from from lockdowns, but uh, is it is it kind of true that uh, from what you see, uh, there is a general interest in that in, in a way that people will keep um, consuming that, or is it just um, something that you know when people have got more more time to get out, uh, things are likely to change.
0: So one of the things that we're thinking about is is how do we provide a more flexible work environment for our people, and that means probably you know I'm not a big fan of of work from home as a rule. But I certainly think that you know we will have more flexible arrangements to allow our people to work more of their time remotely, um, and that will will obviously mean that that trend, the need for connectivity, will will still be there. And and similarly, as travel comes back, I think it'll be less and less accepted to be disconnected. Uh, people have become, let's say, reliant on and and, and appreciated. The productivity that they can gain from being connected, so I think that will will d- drive, you know, more demand for connectivity on planes and 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 on you know on ships and in remote locations. But yeah, I, this trend for linear broadcast TV, I hope uh, I hope continues because I think it's important. Like I say, I think I think I mean we all know that the sources of news can can be uh it's it's you know you've got to be careful where you get your news from and, and i think the public broadcasters provide an incredibly important service and, and and actually i like the idea of shared experience right i think shared experience is important uh whether that be sport we talked a little bit earlier about sport and and that's a massive shared experience but i think any kind of live programming um which you can then interact with on social media and so on i think is is important and so yeah i i, I hope that the trend towards uh, broadcast shared experience and in, and and public broadcast news continues because I think it's important.
1: In your last, well, actually, in the first episode that you recorded with us, uh, the one of the highlights I really liked is that you, you you said that you're really passionate about connecting developing nations and some refugees areas or refugee camps that had no possible ways to to obtain connectivity other than through satellites. How is the has the pandemic? influenced your your ambitions in that sense or has it like reinforced this this ambition of yours or, or passion of yours where, where do you see things moving forward from here
0: no i think reinforced is absolutely the right word because again i think you know it comes back to if you if you can give you know underconnected or unconnected people the tools that they need to improve their lives they will right and and so i think it's a it's a critical technology and it's a critical enabler to you know to, to 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 have people improve their situation and that can just mean people who are who are relatively impoverished it can be people you know refugees who are fleeing from persecution of of some kind and and either you create an environment where those people are i would say permanently reliant on on aid um, or you give them the tools necessary uh to to improve their own lives and i i I genuinely believe that the second is preferable for everybody right and and most preferable for those that are impacted so no I think the pandemic has has kind of again shone a light on that it's really exciting from our from our perspective because we're launching some new satellites in 2021 that I think can 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 play a big role there uh, in particular we we're, we're launching our next generation of medium earth orbit satellites and and we're limited here in, in, in the way, in the number of places that we can connect. And so with our next generation satellite system, we, we effectively unlock our ability to go and connect, uh, you know, all places and all, all, all parts of the world simultaneously. And that's very exciting. And so our ability to then go and continue to make a difference increases uh, fairly exponentially. So, yeah, it's, it's strengthened our resolve and we've got some, some great new ways of, uh, of being able to be impactful.
2: You mentioned you're launching a new satellites out. Can you tell us a little bit more about it um Is there a number that you can 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 tell us about?
0: yeah, it's really exciting so we we we've not launched satellites for a couple of years. At SES and 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 we we're all we've all you know it's kind of one of our things right it's what we do uh, and so in 2021 we're going to have two launches but actually four satellites and so the first will be uh, SES 17 we're going to launch that from the forests of or the jungles I should say of French Guiana in 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 South America uh, so that's going to be around sort of July August still waiting on the exact launch date. And that's a satellite that's really been designed to deliver connectivity to planes, and it sort of sits above the Americas. Um, and that's a really, really high capacity satellite, and that will mean, you know, if you're traveling on a plane above the US, um, the chances are that you'll 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 be connected to SES 17 at some point in the future. Uh, and then um, a little later in the year, probably September October timeframe, we're going to launch the first of uh, the launches for o3b mpower and it's 11 satellites in total we'll launch the first three this year with the following launches coming up early next year and that means that we'll have all 11 satellites deployed hopefully uh, during the course of 2022 Um, and mpower is really unique The, the constellation is really unique it's above the equator so it's circling the equator Uh, And we have these incredibly sophisticated antennas on board the satellite, which allow us to deliver services instantaneously and then uh, bring them down instantaneously. So we're moving into an environment where we, we have an autonomous network that's able to serve many, many thousand customers simultaneously. So, for example, in terms of scale, each one of our O3B satellites has 10 beams that we can deploy each one of our O3BM power satellites has 5,000 beams. So as I was talking earlier, our ability to sort of deliver to more and more people simultaneously, uh, our capability goes up exponentially with, with O3BM power. So, yeah, really excited about those two launches and um, love to come back and talk to you about it when, when, when we're
2: up and operational. In the recent news as well, the SAS led the latest funding round for isotropic uh, with investors such as Boeing, uh, to name one, what is the strategy behind this project, and what are the benefits for SES?
0: Yeah, so we we're looking, you know, as as a satellite operator, we're, we're looking at technologies that can enable connections to our satellites. And so, um, with a medium Earth orbit constellation, one of the implications of being below geostationary, so closer to the Earth than geostationary orbit is that the satellites move faster than the Earth. And and that means, practically speaking, if you're on the Earth and you're using the O3b constellation, you have to have an antenna that tracks the satellites, that moves essentially with the satellites. And so today we do that with uh, mechanically steered antennas on the ground. So you'll have an antenna that physically moves from horizon to horizon relatively slowly, but nevertheless is mechanically moved one of the benefits that companies like isotropic bring is that they do that exact same thing but they do it electronically so you have no moving parts you have one dish that effectively has an, an electronic component within it, which allows it to track the satellite and receive the signals from the satellite and indeed transmit satellite, uh, signals to the satellite without having any mechanical moving parts. And that obviously increases reliability. It changes the sort of services that we can deliver and the sorts of customers that we can provide service to. Uh, and so for us, our investment in isotropic was, was mainly about uh, making it more likely that their services and their products would come to market and that we would have, you know, good access to, to those antennas when they come to market. And it also fits with the fact that we're what we call multi orbit, which means we're, we're obviously operating in medium Earth orbit, as I described, which is about 8000 kilometers from the Earth's surface. But we're also in geostationary orbit, which is 36,000 kilometers from the Earth's surface. And we want antennas on the ground that can go flexibly between those two orbits. And that's the idea of multi-orbit because it makes our network much more scalable. And again, isotropics technology allows us to do that. So both from the perspective of Uh, widening the number of customers that we can serve from medium Earth orbit, but also allowing us to access both our geostationary satellites and our medium Earth orbit satellites, uh, all from the same antenna.
2: And uh, similar to uh, Isotropic, are there other partnerships that you um, are planning to announce in, in, in the coming months?
0: Yeah, look, we, we're we're pretty deeply uh, connected with the sort of new space ecosystem, and 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 also in Luxembourg, right? Luxembourg has a really vibrant space economy, I would say, with a with a bunch of interesting companies, and uh, it's very good for us to be to be based in Luxembourg to have that kind of exposure. I think we can play a role there, but we can also learn from um, from from the new businesses with sort of the new applications. So. Uh, yeah, you you can expect that we will we will sort of uh, make announcements. Uh, we've got a f- couple of different funds that we're investors in, uh, which are sort of looking at new technologies that that um, which could be interesting to SES going forward. We've just built our own lab um, in Betzdorf, so this is a lab where we will test all of the technology that we intend to deploy on O3B Power. So we've we've got uh, that that is busy filling up with a whole bunch of Uh, gadgets that that our, our team are testing to make sure that when we actually roll them out into the field, they'll work exactly as we expect them to. So yeah, I think a big focus for us is developing technology and making sure that we're really integrating the most recent technology
2: into all of the products that we offer into the market. Good. Uh, Steve, I think uh, that's where we wrap up. Um, unless you have anything else but you want to share with us or with our audience, um, especially coming up uh, in 2021 post-pandemic. No, other than to say it's always a pleasure to talk to you
0: and uh, yeah, look forward to, to sharing more stories about the impact that we're having and the, and the work that's going on. So yeah, very happy to speak to you guys and make sure you both stay safe.
1: Thanks for listening to the Lux Unplugged podcast. Please share this podcast with friends and family, and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, please don't forget to visit our website, luxunplugged.com, and see you next time.